a third of people in a relationship at all admitted that they hmm. quote very often looked at their partner's Facebook page. So their current partner right now that they very often looked at their Facebook page and about the same number. So again, about a third uh, admitted that they Facebook stalked an ex-partner through Facebook at least once a week. Wow, that's a lot. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about your ex's social media. Let me pull that up here. Oh, gosh. Wow, they're looking bad lately. How did they get that person to date them? Oh, no. Engagement photos. Just kidding. Early slash late April Fools. We're not talking about... (laughs) (laughs) We're in October, Jason. Wow. We're not talking about your ex's social media. We're talking about... The world's ex's social media. Everyone's mm. ex's social media. The collective ex that we all share. Right. Yeah. And, wow. and why we find it so freaking interesting. We're going to discuss what research says happens to us when we're stalking an ex online and mm. why it's so easy to get addicted to this behavior, as well as some countermeasures or counterspells to stop yourself from getting sucked into the vortex of visiting your ex's social media over and over again and upsetting yourself and them. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Oh boy, uh, here we go. <laughs> well, Emily, you yeah, yes, taught us that yes. apparently Pisces are the kind of people who stalk their exes oh, all the time. Well, and you are that's one of me. them. Yes, I am. <laughs> and it's really just one. It's one that we share, Dedeker. And I think... I don't know. Did I did I get this person off of my social media? I haven't seen anything from them lately, and it's been good. But okay, well, for so a while there, I that, was looking. That does, that does prompt a question from me, and yes. I guess also by extension to you as well, Jace, and to myself, to all of us. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, do you tend to check in on just the most recent ex or on multiple hmm. different people? Do you check on, on people who are not exes? Uh Here's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, actually, I tend to, if I'm going to look at an ex's social media, it's going to be like an ex from long ago. I'm actually, and maybe I'm an outlier here, and that I don't do a lot of social media checking on exes or or current partners which sometimes actually annoys current partners when i like don't know about something that they just assume i should know because they posted about it on social media so you know there's there's that so maybe i'm kind of on this other extreme of the spectrum here um but for me it'd be more likely to be like you know i wonder how you know whoever is doing from 10 years ago or something then i'll Hmm. be like oh let me go check that out and see but not but that's not really what we're talking about here on this episode this is more about that like oh but is that the person they left me for or like oh are they well is that what they're into now you know that kind of thing yeah the um the ex that i had my my very first boyfriend in high school he married the next 
woman that he dated and mm. they do have a kid but i have heard that their relationship is soups tumultuous but this person really doesn't have i know this person really doesn't have much of a social media so i've definitely in the past stalked his wife's social media and then wow. i didn't so you really see have to put any in effort there i know it's is embarrassing to talk about but yeah i definitely have because i don't know he was pretty awful to me like in the mm. past and Part of me is a little vindictive and being like, maybe, yeah, maybe she like had to go through that and she was like, yeah, I'm leaving you and all this stuff. And so anyways. So, okay, no, no, no. I want to explore that a little bit because I think we're going to dive into that later in the episode. But you're like, let's unpack this. (laughs) Just unpack this for the world, shall we? Uh, Sure. Yeah. So that, that I think that was very interesting that first of all okay putting in the effort you know via his wife's social media to check in Mm -hmm. on him Mm -hmm. because he was a terrible person and Mm -hmm. was it because you were looking for some kind of commiseration some sense of maybe this person is going through the same bs that i had to go through with this i think a little bit yeah Yeah. although again you're not gonna post that for the most part although some people do post that it's interesting there are the types of people that post really like long stories about all of the stuff that they're going through Mm. and there are people that only post the best and brightest and most beautiful parts of their lives Mm -hmm. which is interesting so this person just really didn't post that much um so i really didn't get anything out of it it's yeah oh well (laughs) (laughs) but it was interesting to look (laughs) that's an interesting question too of just sort of like what what goes into whether someone tends to post a more like um, kind of oh, yeah. vulnerable and airing out their problems or their grievances kind of social media versus mm-hmm. the, you know, looks like a travel blog advertisement type of, you know, type mm. of social media. Anyway, yeah. And that, how that might have an effect on on an ex who's looking at them, for example, yeah, or, right. a, or a metamore or a current partner or something. Right. Well, yeah, the metamor thing is a really in, is really interesting, and I think that's something that the non-monogamous community that that's very specific to them. Right. Uh, there's no research on that because it's this yeah. relatively small group. Just like there's not a lot of polyamory research in general. But yeah, that of like, do you? Yeah, because this metamor is sort of this weird relationship like that, right? Of you Absolutely. know, are we? Are we? Uh, <clears throat> You know, I don't know. Like, are, are, is that something where we should be following them or should we not be or whatever it well, is, you know? Yeah, because there are people out there who do kitchen table polyamory and there are people out there who are more along the lines of don't ask, don't tell polyamory or just I want more to like keep my relationship separate. separate. Yeah. Exactly. So along those lines, <clears throat> it is <clears throat> that question of which category of people tend to look more at their social media at the social medias of their metamors and which don't. Right. Or is it just kind of a free-for-all? Who knows? And it depends on the person. Well, yeah, well, and that's something that we're going to talk about in this episode is research about looking at an ex's social media. And I actually yeah. would bet that a lot of the things that they've found can apply also to checking mm. on your metamors or maybe sure. like your partner's best friend or, you know, kind of whoever it is that might be a source of of online suffering uh, yeah. For you, that I would bet there's a lot of similarities there, but but it would be interesting to eventually see some research that deals more specifically with that situation. Well, before we move on, Dedeker, I didn't get any anything from you here. What what oh, happened? Geez, yeah, was... <laughs> have you ever done this? 
ever in your life? Never I'm, I'm in assuming. my life. I, I have zero interest in my ex's lives. Of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so let's move I've on looked from at there. some of your exes. I'm not going to lie. See, that's been like, how's that fucker doing? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I know, I know. I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm a that, special person. That <laughs> no. has to be the pervasive Pisces in you that even oh, other people's exes you're creeping on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course I have. And when I was younger, I found myself perhaps more precluded to doing things like that. Honestly, when I was younger, I had a lot of, this is very strange, I had a lot of jealousy of the past as in mm. I would feel this weird preemptive jealousy toward people my partner had dated in the past. And yeah, I definitely experienced that a lot when I was younger too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes would, oh gosh, I. That's this, fascinating. this is an embarrassing moment for me, but I spent hours once, this was years and years and years ago, creeping and obsessively reading the live journal of my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend <laughs> from mm. high school. Yeah. And huh. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> I, to this day, have no idea what was I looking for? What was I getting out of it? Why did I think this was a good idea in the first place? I have no idea. It's nuts. That's fascinating. So, all right. Well, as we dive into this today, just as we were speaking of, remember that all of this doesn't just apply to creeping on an ex's social media, because you can also obsessively check in on metamors and potential metamors. Say you have a partner who's like, I'm crushing on this person, and... You go and look and, oh my gosh, what is happening? Who is this person? Uh, and it's easy to to creep on a crush, too, your own crush, or even your own partner's social media, especially if you don't live with this person, you don't see them all the time, maybe they're a constellation partner, and you're wondering what the heck is going on there. So we're going to dive into quite a lot of that today. And as we dive in, I want to talk about... Uh, why I wanted to talk about this top subject in the first place, and I'm going to give a little uh, a prelude, if you will. In C-sharp on... minor. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a Rachmaninoff reference for all y'all out there. A Woo. prelude in C-sharp minor on a concept uh, known as digital self-harm. I'm going to give a really quick content warning on this. We're going to be talking about just very briefly some self-harm behaviors it's not going to, we're not going to talk about this entire episode just for the next two or three minutes. So if that's something that's difficult for you to hear right now, go ahead and skip past two or three minutes and then we should be good. So I was introduced to this concept of digital self-harm a few weeks ago and it really intrigued me. So I started looking into it. Have the two of you heard this term? No, before? first I heard about it was no. from you planning this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so very broadly, the term digital self-harm refers to any behavior that encourages direct or indirect injury to oneself that's accomplished via an online or a digital medium. And this may refer to things like there's a huge online community that's pro eating disorder where people help encourage each other to maintain these, you know, kind of self-harming behaviors, essentially. There's also online communities that encourage cutting. There's online communities uh, where you post a selfie of yourself and knowing that the feedback that you're going to get is all going to be attacks on your personal looks, things like that. Um, Mm. Wait, for like feedback or something? Yeah. So for instance, on 4chan, I I just learned about this. Of course, but it's not just 4chan. (laughs) There's other places that do this as well. That Trans women who are in transition will post pictures of themselves for feedback, but knowing that it's not a very supportive community, knowing that it's a community that's going to attack 
every mm. little tiny thing. Um, I see. So, huh. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. kind of knowing that this is going to cause some upset, but doing it like knowing that. Doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, huh. I I think personally that like non-digital self-harm in general, there are differing degrees of intensity. In my opinion, I think that digital self-harm could also apply to behaviors like intentionally seeking out news stories or blogs or content that you know is going to make you upset or quote unquote hate following someone who really gets under your skin or that you really harshly disagree with and not in a, in a productive bait kind of way, like just in a straight up hatred kind of way. Or things like obsessively checking your ex's social media when it makes you feel really bad, uh, which is what we're talking about today. Now, the thing is, I wanted to do an episode that was all about digital self-harm, but the, the is not really a problem. But right now, if you Google the term digital self-harm, you'll find that that term is mostly being used to refer to a specific new phenomenon that we're seeing with teenagers who engage in this practice of creating fake social media accounts and then publicly bully themselves from that account. Wow. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'd never heard of this before. I've never heard of this either, but it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, Right now it's being studied. There are a number of studies that are being published. Well, what, what are your theories? What do you think? I, I guess just the idea that I know um, as a younger person and even really up until maybe a year and a half ago, I definitely like, at times physically but absolutely mentally had a lot of like internal self-hatred and it's in my opinion an extension of that to do it via social media or via like facebook or wherever places in which people can get sort of an outward uh showing of self-hatred or self-harm um because I do remember, like, any sort of self-harm that I engaged in that was physical felt at times like a uh, catharsis. Mm-hmm. And so I think, in essence, that is almost the way in which maybe these people are feeling or are are going or exercising their own self-harm. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, it opens up these broader questions of why do people self-harm at all, right? Course, and it's, it's yeah. a variety of reasons behind that. What they find when they study this phenomenon in teenagers is there's a variety of reasons. For some people, it's an attention-seeking behavior and not in yeah. a vapid sort of way, but in a, in a cry for help of sort course. of way. Yeah. It's a, you know, sometimes a cry for help for support. Sometimes um, it's, there's something about if I beat my bullies to the punch... Hmm. then I can prove to myself that I can take it and I can insult myself where I have control over it before someone else comes along and hmm. insults me or attacks me in some way. Um, or, or it can be cathartic, like you said. You know, it, Again, it starts to seep into all the, the myriad, complex, nuanced reasons why people self-harm in general. So yeah. this episode is titled Your Ex is Social Media Instead of Digital Self-Harm because I didn't want to be misleading and make people think that we're talking about this topic on on teenagers publicly digitally bullying themselves um, for this entire episode. So we are focusing on the specific behavior of obsessively checking on excess social media. But as you're listening, I want you to also think about similar behaviors that you may partake in digitally that could be harming you because a lot of this information is going to be relevant to that as well. That's the end of my prelude. All right. So let's talk about the research that is relevant to what we're talking about. And uh, we're going to start off 
looking at multiple studies published in the Journal of the International Association for Relationship Research, or the GR. Uh, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the... Oh, that, oh that, that. GR. Of the GR. International Association of oh. Relationship Research. GR. GR. Specifically, uh, it, it's... <laughs> Specifically studies that are facilitated by Tara C. Marshall, who is a researcher there, who writes and researches about this subject of looking at your ex's social media quite a bit. So first off, her research found that a third of people in a relationship at all admitted that they, hmm. quote, very often looked at their partner's Facebook page. So their current partner right now that they very often looked at their Facebook page and about the same number. So again, about a third uh, admitted that they Facebook stalked an ex-partner through Facebook at least once a week. Wow. That's a lot. I don't think I'm that high. No way. (laughs) Like, I don't even know if I've ever been that high, but yeah, that's a lot. That's fascinating. Yeah. And it's interesting that so one third admit to very often looking at their current partner's Facebook and also about a third admit they've stalked an ex-partner through Facebook at least once a week. I wonder if that's the same third or if those mm. are different, you know, how much overlap there is. Overlapping Unfortunately, thirds, yeah. we don't know. I don't have those numbers. So yeah, but I, I wonder if that's just kind of how much of that has to do with people who are more obsessively checking Facebook period and it's, well, what am I going to check while I'm here? Oh, these things come to mind because they're what I'm thinking about, whether it's a positive or a negative thing. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a theory. Yeah, absolutely. So she also theorizes that Facebook stalking may obstruct the natural process of getting over an ex, which is completely understandable. If somebody is in your face all the time, whether like you see them at the grocery store or the, you know, place that you go to often that you used to go together, or if you're literally just looking on Facebook over and over again, then yeah, that completely makes sense that you wouldn't get over them as easily. Mm -hmm. So the study found that this behavior was associated with greater distress over the breakup, protracted longing for an ex-partner, both more negative feelings and more sexual desire for the ex and lower personal growth. Fascinating. So, yeah, more sexual desire for the ex and more, but also more negative feelings. Because you do wonder, like, I've definitely been around people that are either very happy that they broke up with someone or in retrospect feel like, oh, they actually were amazing and I wish that I was still with them in some way or I feel really guilty for breaking up with them or et cetera, et cetera. So that's fascinating that you can yeah. either have negative feelings and or more sexual desire. Huh. I don't, it is fascinating. I don't know if it's necessarily surprising because breakups are this weird, messy thing that don't end up, they don't produce black and white feelings within us all of the course. time. Sometimes they do, but not all the time. It is this weird thing of often if it's maybe a more unhealthy or more destructive breakup, it is a mix of, I still have these feelings of love and I still have these mm. feelings of attachment and attraction combined with feelings of aversion and pain from the pain that was caused to me either in the relationship or in the breakup. And that's a weird maelstrom of emotions to Absolutely. deal with. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's and it it makes me think of you know 
back when we actually had uh, physical copies of photographs. <laughs> Remember those days? I when don't know. <laughs> too long, too long ago. <laughs> no, no, of one, no one remembers those days. No one alive remembers those days. <laughs> right. <That's> true. <laughs> well, yeah, because that used to be a thing of after a breakup, it's do oh. you destroy all those photos and You're letters and things? We are just... Yeah, or do you keep them? <laughs> Do you keep them out or do you put them all away in a box and keep them? And if you are keeping them, why are you keeping them? Is it because yeah. you think you might get back together and then you want to still have those things or... And now it, all that shit's just up on the cloud. Right. And I, I was thinking about this this recently because you'll have things where... I know this has happened to me where I'll have a breakup and then maybe six months later on my Google calendar will be like a reminder about our anniversary that I had Aww. set up a year You're before. You're like, damn right? it. <laughs> no, I, and then I end up seeing that because we, we share Google <laughs> yeah, calendars share with each other. I, and so I see it too. Exactly. Right. Six months later, I'm like, yeah. why, what are you, what is going on? Right. Yeah, why is funny. this on here? Yeah. It's so late accident, but yeah. And I, I feel like it's, it's sort of the digital equivalent of that stumbling upon mm. a physical copy of a photo of us together. And I think similarly, looking even through our own social media and seeing pictures of us with an ex or something can be, you know, whether whether it's this awful, hurtful thing to see or not, it's still sometimes surprising. I know for me, it's like, Oh, I didn't necessarily want to think about that right now and process that right now because I'm kind of in the middle of something else. You know, like I'm trying yeah. to schedule some meetings coming up. And then on my Google calendar, there's this thing that I had put there months ago. Ah, shoot. I, I wish I hadn't been distracted by that, which I can understand that thing people would do in the past of, oh, I had a breakup. I'm going to take everything in my apartment or everything in my house that reminds me of that person. And I'm going to either give it all away or sell it or box it all away and have it so it's I'm not selling like these letters hello, hello, arms for the poor. how would you like yeah. this box of crumpled love notes that i've yeah. cried upon oh, exactly <laughs> will you take us for a dollar oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> please somebody take it right but it's i think it's it's harder to do that digitally just because there's so much stuff and it, you can't as easily kind of look around your digital room and go okay yeah this thing this thing this thing i'll put them all away so i think there's I also have, that yeah yeah i still have uh on these emails from this sort of ex that I had this very tumultuous up and down relationship with. I have a bunch of emails from him that we like sent to each other one summer and they're very like well-written, beautiful emails that he sent me, but it is a little like weird. <laughs> right. but I, I just still have that uh, like in a tab on my Gmail and it's like, do you get rid of those or I don't know? Yeah, that, that happens to me yeah. often if I'm searching through my inbox trying to find some piece of information, some yeah, login, definitely. some, yeah. you know, some address somewhere that these unexpected emails from six years ago, seven years ago will right. come up. And it is very similar to the calendar thing of like, oh, geez, because the great thing about having all our media be so digital is like, doesn't take up any physical space. Don't even have yeah. to think about it, but it also really doesn't keep you motivated to get rid of some of that stuff or, mm -hmm. or free up Marie that Kondo space. That shit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I do, I do feel mixed about it. I will say mm. I have the same questions of, do I just delete this? It's not taking up any space. I don't really run across it. Is it going to make me chuckle in 15 years time? Is this, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's interesting.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So uh, back to Tara C. Marshall. One of her studies found that people with an anxious attachment style, and we've talked about attachment styles and attachment theory a little bit on the show. Um, so remember, anxious attachment style, one way to look at it is that those People who have an anxious attachment style might be more prone to things like low self-esteem, fear of rejection, potentially greater jealousy in relationships, that those people are also more likely to Facebook stalk current and ex-partners. It's interesting so. that it's current and ex-partners, yeah. I think yeah. is worth well, noting. Again, Which, well, yes. I just want to drop in, I don't want this to come across as any kind of uh, judgy pronouncement on people with anxious attachment styles. Because I, I, I think agree, it, yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense. If you're more anxiously attached and there's this huge attachment rupture of a breakup, or even just the attachment rupture of my partner is on a business trip for a month, or even we normally spend every day together and they're gone over the weekend, mm-hmm. that that's an attachment rupture. And it totally makes sense that if you're more anxiously attached, you'd be more likely to try to resolve that attachment rupture by trying to attach in whatever way possible. You know, whether that is, you know, I just feel more attached to you, even if I'm just looking at your social media, even if you're not physically there. So I don't want this to come across as, oh, these weird, anxious, attached people, you know, they're the weird Facebook stalkers. It's just like, no, it makes sense. Yeah, we all all have an anxious attachment at some point Mm -hmm. in our relationships and in our lives, for sure. Yeah, I would almost argue it's more a way to clue into should I be more aware that right now because I'm feeling more of these things or maybe I know that I'm a more anxiously attached person that I should just be extra wary and take a little extra care of myself in this department. And we'll get to some ways to do that later on. But yeah, yeah, rather than a way of judging other people for their behavior, it's more of a a flag or a clue for yourself to go, Ooh, yeah, I, I should, I should pay some extra attention to this. Cause I know I, I might be more likely to do it. Yeah. Now there is another study that is in the journal of cyber psychology, behavior and social networking. Did you know that cyber psychology is a thing? I, I love it. I didn't. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but looking at that word because it has a P in it and I know that there's a P in psychology, but I think I still, it's like cyber, 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 like cyber, cyber psychology. psychology. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. So, just take a look at it. Everyone. This study in the journal of cyber, cyber psychology, behavior and social networking, found that those who Facebook stalk their exes are six times more likely to pursue some form of unwanted intimacy with the ex-partner. It could be really problematic Mm. things like following them, approaching them when they don't want to be approached, sending letters to them, leaving gifts for them, things like that. And these are behaviors that in turn are very easy to cause, you know, anxiety and negative feelings within the ex-partner who's on the receiving end of those things. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that and it is Mm. very anxiety and negative feeling producing, I will say. I don't know about all y'all. Interesting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I've, uh, years ago got a call from an ex a while after we'd broken up, maybe a month Mm -hmm. or a few weeks, not, not super long after, but 
questioning me about things that she had read on my new partner's social media oh, or on damn. her, That's on her like, like da- that is gutsy. Right. Totally. Totally. You're like, so, um, I don't know. Like why? Yeah, I'm not my partner's keeper. Definitely an uncomfortable situation. What? For me I, I just, keeper. I just want to gossip. I just want to gossip. <laughs> oh, do it. Do it. Do it. No, do it it's okay. Do We're it. not going to gossip on this show. Cause oh, we have more studies gossip. to talk about. Can we gossip in the bonus content? <laughs> Maybe we'll gossip in the bonus okay. content. <laughs> the pay to, to learn this information. You have to pay us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Um, all right. Uh, so another study that we want to talk about is also in the Journal of Cyber Psychology <laughs> and Behavior that posited that because t- people tend to just post positive things on social media, that Facebook may expose an individual to potentially jealousy-provoking information about their partner or ex-partner, I guess, which creates a feedback loop where extra jealousy leads to feeling like you need to do more surveillance of them through Facebook, which leads to more jealousy, which leads to more surveillance and kind of getting caught in that cycle. And, and I imagine not just straight up jealousy, also maybe feelings of FOMO or envy oh, yeah. or Yeah, or I've resentment. even looked at, yeah. yeah, I've looked at my like current partner's old pictures on Facebook. Now that's an interesting rabbit hole because it's like mm. telling yourself stories of, oh, they they look like they had so much fun back then. They must have right. had more fun with that person than they are with me. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and this one is, we talked about this, about social media just in general, maybe a year or two ago, uh, about studies basically showing that spending more time on social media, looking at other people's stuff tends to make people feel less good about themselves, tends to make yeah, their, less happy. their self-esteem go down. And it's partly because of that, because, you know, we talked about some people go the opposite route and just post all of the terrible stuff going on on their social media. But it seems like the prevailing way to do it is to post this perfect looking, only the best parts of my life for public consumption. Uh, and that yeah. that can be hard to then look at everyone else and think, oh, that must be what their real life is like. Now I feel bad about my own, you know? Of course. So at this point, we don't really know if social media itself is the thing that produces and encourages all of this behavior, or if it's really just kind of a tool that happens to exacerbate this pre-existing psychological tendency that some of us may have, or many of us honestly may have. I, we do know that this current research seems to support that checking in on an ex's social media is not healthy for our growth. It's not helpful for getting over a relationship. Those are things to think about if you do find yourself doing this often, which I know I absolutely have in the past. And it is important just to kind of check yourself on that because it can lead to a lack of growth in the situation and also a lack of maybe moving on from the situation, which is healthy to do. Something that can be helpful, a lot of these resources that I was looking at talk about how many of these behaviors are things that 20 years ago would just be really odd. You wouldn't break into your ex's house to go through their new photos with their new girlfriend or whatever. Mm. Or maybe you would. Maybe you would be that kind of person. I don't know. And so that is the question of... of you know, 20 or 30 years ago, 
would you already be the kind of person who maybe was like, ooh, I'm going to maybe drive past my ex's workplace just to see if I can see them and see how they look. You know, I'm not going to go in and be or weird. asking. Yeah, or maybe asking or mutual of friends. That yeah. Yes, maybe you would already be that person. And even without social media, that's still stuff that you'd be taking steps toward doing. Or maybe social media is the thing where it's like, I wouldn't be that person who drives by my ex's workplace, but I can go to their social media and yeah. just really quickly look at their Instagram and see what's going on. So yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's just that, is it so easy that it's, and I, I would argue that it is. I think that social media makes it so easy. It's, you know, it's almost like maybe I wouldn't be someone who would go into someone's house or go into a store and steal stuff. But if everyone was leaving all of their stuff right on their front lawn, like maybe there'd be more temptation to go, Oh, that's a nice thing. Let me just grab that. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, here it is. It's all right there. So that temptation, if you're ever having a moment of, of weakness or of temptation, there's nothing stopping you. In this yeah. strange world that Jace has concocted where everyone leaves their most prized possessions on their front the lawn. lawn. And also we go around peddling boxes full of moldy love letters and yeah. photos of oh, yourself no, with your ex-partner. That's hysterical. Yeah, stay tuned for my post-apocalyptic fiction books to come out good, in this universe. Good world okay. building. Good yeah. world wow. building right there. Yeah. Okay, so if we know, we know in our hearts and we know according to research and science that obsessively checking in on someone's social media is not good for our growth and not healthy for us. Why is it so addictive? Mm. Why do we why do it? it? Why? Why do you there think? Are... Yeah, why do you? I we, mean, we talked about all those things. We'll get more into the specifics, but yeah, I think that feedback loop is a key mm. part of this that I think there's a little bit of it that does feel good that most of it often feels bad, but I think a little bit of it does feel good. And that's what keeps us coming back. I think that there's many, many, many reasons why it's easy for it to become addictive or to become compulsive, especially to the point where it becomes a habit or an addiction. Um, so we still do this thing that we know is not good for us. And I want to make a callback to episode 239, not too long ago, that was about guilt in relationships. And specifically, we talked about this in the bonus episode, uh, that there was this study from Northwestern University that found that our brains super easily make a link between guilt and pleasure, which often leads us to actually seek out situations that we know are going to make us feel guilty because they also make us feel pleasure. And sometimes when we know we're going to feel guilty, it actually enhances our experience of pleasure. In the study, they found this uh, just with food, with giving people chocolate and priming them to be more likely to feel guilt or less likely to feel guilt. And they found that the people who were primed to feel guilt ahead of time really enjoyed that chocolate a lot more and wanted to pay for it a lot more. And I think there's that. I think we know that we probably shouldn't be looking at our ex's social media. I think that's part of our cultural zeitgeist. And there's maybe some guilt around it, but we have that guilt pleasure association. And I think that is part of the glue that keeps us coming back. Yeah. Because, and even just, so what is that pleasure that we're getting? Uh, that there's a number of different kinds of pleasure that we could be getting from looking at an ex's social media so the first one is a, a wonderful word, schadenfreude, uh, schadenfreude, which is, 
like our also called the shadow it's a self, word. the shadow self or the shadow friend or whatever. Uh, but getting pleasure from seeing someone else fail, look bad, or experiencing pain. Um, so it's looking at your ex's social media to look for them to break up with their new partner mm. or to look, or to look for, for them to look like they've let themselves go. Or... Right. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, next one is <laughs> next word is downward social comparison. So just making ourselves feel good by looking down on others. And that could be for whatever reason we decide is worth looking down on someone for, you know, looking down on them for whatever their clothing choices or their hairstyles or the things they post about or their grammar their and their posting yeah. really whatever you want to look down on them for that you feel superior could be a way of getting that sort of short-lived social esteem boost through that downward social comparison or on a different note if you're sad and missing this person that seeing their social media it, it's you know, we've talked about this before with the importance of long distance relationships sending selfies is that actually seeing that person's face gets you that little bit of dopamine hit. If it's someone that you're attracted to and someone that you love that kind of, oh, wow. Oh, I feel good. And in the case where we're still attracted to our ex, we see that we get that little bit of dopamine hit because our body doesn't know that we're broken up, right? Just our brain knows that. Uh, one researcher called this the emotional candy cane. So it lasts for I'm a moment. Sorry. I know it's it's cute. I think a candy cane lasts longer than a moment. You have to kind of suck it for a while. You I'm know? thinking. Well, I was thinking one of those tiny candy canes. Oh, I see okay. the little ones. Okay. Yeah, Either I way, see. you could you could suck on it and lick it till it becomes a sharp point, and then it pokes you in the tongue and you start bleeding. Okay, no, that's, that's a better metaphor. I like yeah. gracious. <laughs> How many candy canes are you poking your tongue with? Goodness. I have not poked my own tongue with a candy cane in, in many an age, probably okay. since I was 10. So, uh, but yeah, but I it, poked myself with an emotional candy cane much more. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, so yeah, just that though, that it, I think this researcher is referring to it more as the sugar rush, the dopamine hit you get from having sugar. And then just a little bit later, you're miserable again and you need some more. So it's kind of that, that, uh, I haven't found some other way to replace this, or I haven't just gone through the recovery from this thing, uh, you know, in terms of looking at an ex's social media. And so I'm just going to keep getting these little hits when I can by looking at it, even though it actually kind of upsets me. I would like to quote Fantagram, my favorite band, uh -huh. from a song called You Don't Get Me High Anymore. She says, it used to take one, now it takes four. You don't get me high anymore. Mm. I don't know. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. Mm. All these little little hits that you need. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So you may also feel left out of the loop. FOMO again. We talked about that in an earlier episode. A couple, I don't know, <laughs> dozen back or so. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We've done a lot of these. Uh, and yeah, you might be desperately seeking information. Like, are they dating someone new? Have they moved on from me already? What were their reasons for ending the relationship? Can, yeah. I, can I see a little bit more of that based on their social media? Uh, or even is this new metamor that I have with this person a threat? Are they going to try to replace me? Do they want to be monogamous and I'm deeply into polyamory, etc.? Uh, and yeah. also, yeah. Well, I think well, I think this I think, yeah, this feels that's an interesting one. Yeah, this feels very similar to me to, gosh, what we talked about ages ago with the episode on snooping, 
mm. that snooping, those kind of behaviors can come from a, a desire to seek information and to have questions answered. Absolutely. Right. Right. <clears throat> and but- so if you're, if, if you're broken up with your ex and there's no way for you to straight up ask these questions either because they're physically not there and you can't contact them or because it's embarrassing (laughs) to straight up ask them, are you dating someone new? Have you moved on? Mm -hmm. You know, can you tell me why you actually ended the relationship that or you don't believe they'll be honest that too, Mm. that too. If you feel like you got to kind of sleuth your way and detective your way to figuring out what's actually going on, that social media can offer this outlet. I think that very rarely actually produces information for you, but for some reason we think that it may. Right. Right. Which, uh, yeah, I think maybe can more often lead to just giving us more fuel to come up with our own stories rather than actually finding the truth, which is what we might tell ourselves that we're trying to do. Oh, Oh, totally. And we do that with our metamors as well just in general i mean a lot of people find the possibility of their metamor to be like this great amazing person that might end up you know taking my partner away or my partner might end up being more interested in them simply because they look you know sexier or prettier or whatever smarter better job etc etc so yeah the stories that we make up in our minds are are huge here as well And we can be led by what's known in psychology as approach motivation. So if we're feeling anger or frustration or even hatred, we might be motivated to approach and try to seek out a positive outcome through confrontation and resolution. So again, even if it's just like an approach in terms of approaching your ex's social media, you might be upset or angry. I definitely have felt this one and wanting like some sort of, again, catharsis in whatever form it is. And maybe the only mm. form that we can do is to like look at what's happening with our ex through mm. social media. And so you're again going through that approach motivation. So if we simply don't like someone, if we're not interested in them, then we might be more often influenced by avoidance motiv- motivation. So, yeah, that's not, more of not even like an indifference. Yeah, exactly. Rather than like a really true like anger or hatred or like, why did you do this to me? I have to find out somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, well, this is an explanation, some explanation that some researchers have given for the phenomenon of hate following someone or, you know, keeping up on social media, maybe with a public figure who's yeah, even like do. the trolls out yes, there, mm-hmm. even keeping up with the trolls or or. Oh, gosh, honestly, there's this group on Facebook that I used to be a part of that was all really horrible, stereotypical unicorn hunters posting to try to find unicorns and just like all the typical awful BS that you see, like like the the worst of the worst. And I would still follow it and look at it and want it to come up in my newsfeed, I think because of this approach motivation thing of like, this motivation to be like, I want to somehow confront these people and I want to resolve it. And I want to make it right. And I want them to see how wrong they are yeah. as opposed to if it was a little bit less emotionally charged for me, if it was like, Oh, whatever people do what they're going to do. And, and I don't, you know, I feel pretty neutral or pretty ambivalent about it that I wouldn't be motivated to be in this group and be looking at this stuff. I did eventually have to put some boundaries on myself and kind of take it out of my newsfeed because I found, um, 
It's just making me too angry. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Just like take it. Yeah. On what is it? You, there's like a thing on Facebook where you can just like take it like, out of your feed. Like these or hide don't it. show me yeah. these. Yeah. Unfollow. Just un- either don't show me these or it can be like unfollow or yeah. right. whatever it is. Yeah. You I don't think have to like even, totally get out of the group. There's even features I think now for unfollowing or not unfollowing, but like don't show me these posts for a period of time. I think you can even set a timer now. Which, yeah, Facebook, specific, yeah. Facebook specifically set up tools for you to be able to avoid X, your ex and mentions of your ex right. in your feed. So it'll be specifically, not only will we not show stuff from your ex, but we also won't show stuff from mutual friends that may have tagged your ex That's in smart. photos. Yeah, Yeah, but you have to turn those things on and, you do. and tell it tell it because you know yeah. which is often the f- where people go wrong in the first place <laughs> right. yeah. well, I see. like do i really want to do this <laughs> yeah right oh gosh it, it reminds me a little bit of um uh something that was first introduced to me in shakespeare class in school which was this idea that love and hate are more similar to each other and yeah. i think this is kind of saying you know dislike you just pff, i just don't want to be around that i don't want to see it at all but hate is a little bit like love in that it can lead to obsession toward that mm. thing and a constant yeah. wanting to engage with that thing yeah. uh and i i mean there it is and the next there thing you is. know, you're murdering Othello and just right? what happened? Exactly. Well, rather like Othello is murdering, murdering his wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Othello's just, sorry. Spoiler alert yeah. to those of you who haven't uh, I, read Othello. If you don't know that. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 So we've talked about why stalking an ex on social media might not be healthy for us. We've talked about why it's so addictive, why it's so tempting to do. Let's talk about what are some counterspells? What are some things that we can do, kind of like those tools on Facebook, but what are some things that we can do to take care of ourselves? And especially if we've identified, oh yeah, I am one of these people who has that tendency, whether it's because I'm anxiously attached or because I'm a Pisces or you know whatever Excuse it is. Excuse you. <laughs> I'm a cusp, okay? You know, but whatever it is you've identified. Okay. Hey, oh gosh, what do I do? If it looks like a Pisces and acts like a Pisces. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. fine. Walks okay. like a Pisces. <laughs> Are you saying I'm uh, a fish? <laughs> then it's a fish. <laughs> for a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy, or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI 
to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Right. Counterspells. First counterspell is the counterspell of compassion. For all this... Yes, for all this research, it can definitely come across, like we were saying earlier, as judgy or, oh, you're so terrible and you're so obsessed and you're going to stalk your ex and it's terrible. But this is really normal in this day and age. It's a good thing that we are starting to get more research. The cool thing is that because social media is so new, all of the research that we're telling you about has been conducted in the last 10 years or so. Um, And clearly it's happening because it happens so frequently. It's so normal. It's normal to still care about an ex. It's normal to still be interested in an ex or in someone else. It's normal to to care about what's going on in your partner's life and to be interested in it. It's normal to be interested in the new person that your ex is dating or that your current partner is dating or whatever it is. And so having compassion and being aware of when you're unnecessarily beating yourself up over it, because we can really quickly go to this place of being ashamed that we weren't able to just let it go right away. You know, that we weren't able to like, okay, broke up. And then two days later, I'm totally fine. Don't think about them. Don't have any sad feelings. Like I'm back to my normal life and it's all great. Um, That it's okay. You know, these things take time. And, you know, if going back to your ex's social media is part of that letting go process, it's like, yeah, that's, that's normal. That's totally normal and understandable. Moving on to the next counter spell is to identify what triggers you going down the rabbit hole of someone's social media, you know, have an awareness of, is it when you're feeling particularly depressed or anxious? Is it when you're stressed? Is it when you're feeling lonely? Is it when you haven't gotten enough sleep? Is it when you're hungry? Is it when you need to halt? (laughs) Yes. Is it, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m.? Is it when you see a post from a mutual friend or from an ex's family member and that reminds you, oh, right, I haven't thought about this person in a week, but now I'm thinking of them because I... I'm still friends with their stepmom. I forgot to unfriend their stepmom. And now I'm down a rabbit hole of clicking through and seeing what's up with them. You know, just get curious and figure out what are the things that happen leading up to me suddenly finding myself having spent a half hour creeping through my ex's social media. Right. Yeah. I, for me, it tends to be boredom, actually. I was just huh. going to say, it's like filling that in-between yeah. time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's more likely to be boredom or if I'm in between tasks and I'm I'm putting off moving on to my next task, that that's when I tend to be on social media in general. It tends to fill up that in-between time and that's when I'm more likely to click through and try to see like what an ex is up to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's that time kind of as I'm about to start work and I'm kind of getting myself ready to start working. And I'm on my computer and it's like, well, I'm not quite ready to actually start working. And so that's when the temptation is, oh, let me go check all my email accounts. And then, oh, from there, I'll end up on some social media or looking at stuff like that. That that's a time for me that it's I'm better about it sometimes than others. But when if I'm being on top of it, then I know, okay, this is going to happen. So let me actually first before I go up to the computer, let me make a plan about what I'm going to do once I sit in front of it. You know, even just taking that moment to go, why am I here? Right. I'm going to pull up this program and start doing this thing first. Or maybe, you know, check my to-do list on the app on my phone instead of on my desktop or vice versa. If one tends to be more tempting to get pulled away to social media than the other. Uh, Okay. Moving on to the next one. And this is to stop storytelling. Uh, And this is hard because humans love stories. 
Oh, yeah. And this is the stories that you tell about your ex or Metamore or, you know, whoever it is, uh, and the stories that you tell about yourself, you know, kind of trying to string everything together into some sort of narrative and giving meaning to everything. That's a trap that us humans fall into is we try to attribute meaning to more things than actually have meaning. And they're better off without me. They're happier with this person. Or this always happens not be a good to me. Partner. I'm the common denominator. Right. Mm, right. Et cetera, et cetera. Totally. So yeah. I know this one's hard. And uh, maybe just saying, stop doing it uh, doesn't seem possible. <laughs> but actually, I would, I would challenge you to just say, what if, what if that was possible? What if you were able to say, you know what? Every time I notice I'm doing that, I'm just going to stop. And maybe just make it that simple. And don't beat yourself up when you do it. But every time you notice you're doing it, just stop. Maybe, yeah, maybe that in itself could help you. That with looking at social media in general, not even an excess social media, that anytime I can catch myself going down this rabbit hole of telling myself this story of I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not successful mm. enough, because I tend to go in that direction, right. that if I catch myself, I found the most compassionate way that I can treat myself is just be like, wow, that was an interesting story. Let's move on with the day. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's smart. That's good. Like, like wow, that. good job. The right. end. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And scene. <laughs> so going along with that is this next one, which is to disrupt the behavior. And I think there's two, two kind of different ways to do this. One is to disrupt the behavior by putting something in place to stop you from doing it. And the other is disrupting the behavior of when you notice you're doing it quickly diverting to something else. And, and so we're going to talk about both of those. So the thing, though, that you could divert your attention to could be watching TV. It could be playing a video game or doing a crossword puzzle or Sudoku. Or if you don't like those uh, number-based ones, there's a game called I Love Hue, like H-U-E, that's all kind of a color Sudoku-esque color game, but it's or a puzzle game, but it's just colors. And you're trying oh, to line up nice. colors and gradients and stuff like that. It's just a nice addictive little app. Uh, maybe if, if that gets you addicted, maybe that's not a great thing. But if it is something that interests you enough and occupies your brain enough, just to disrupt that cycle long enough, that might be enough to get you out of it. Um, and so ways to do this, like we talked about before, is just if you can get better at noticing it or... I know that I tend to do it at this time. Like I tend to do it when I'm, when I'm in the bathroom or I tend to do it right when I wake up. So when I go to the bathroom, don't bring my phone with me. Or when I wake up in the morning, don't turn on my phone right away. You know, there's, or don't, you know, turn off, do not disturb or however you have your phone set, do something like that to dis to disrupt it. Or there's actually uh, apps and things that can help you do that. So there's one called uh, App Detox. Um, there's also Chrome extensions that can block or redirect certain websites. So like you try to go to Facebook and instead it brings you to Tiny Buddha's quote of the day or something yeah. else like that. That's cute. Yeah, you can set it up to do it just during certain times of day. Uh, you know, things like that. You can set it up also, honestly, you can set it up for someone's specific social media as well. Oh, like so just that, going to their profile. Yeah, yeah. so that you're, you're not <laughs> completely blocking yourself and looking at social media, although, you know, trying that is cool too. Um, but where you can just get redirected from a specific person's social media to 
either the homepage of the social media or yeah, I've done the tiny Buddha one before just, right. or maybe, you know, a news site or a blog or whatever that, you know, you're going to start reading something like that just to be three steps ahead of yourself, essentially. Something that Smart. helps me a lot is actually learning based sites. So mm. there's, uh, for, for me, it's with apps. It's like, if I'm having that moment where I'm bored and I'm on my phone or I have my phone with me, I'm waiting for a, a train or a bus or something that instead of pulling up social media, instead of pulling up Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I might do that, but then go, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to do that because that's not productive. I'm going to instead pull up solo learn or my language flashcards or some little short snippets of coding you know, computer programming lessons or that's all very impressive, <laughs> but it's just that it's like finding whatever engages your brain enough that you'll be interested enough to do it and not just flip back over to the social media thing. Bring your Kindle with you everywhere. Yeah. That's, you, that's I mean, you also too. have a Kindle, uh, Kindle on your phone. Yeah. I know I do. So I, I've even done that sometimes where I, I had a moment where I was just like, I need something. And so I downloaded the Kindle app onto my phone uh, so that I could pull up one of my old books just because I needed something to, yeah. to something healthy to do with my brain. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm going to be bored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or be bored. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. I was going to do a, a callback to our, our call in show of like, or let yourself sit on the train for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look yeah, at the, remember screen. remember when we went on our retreat and yeah. it was yes. fine being bored and it was fine not having any technology for six days or however long that yeah, was yeah. great actually <laughs> i know Ooh, let's do it again let's go right turkeys. now let's go right now all right <laughs> uh, i loved those turkeys <laughs> yeah. how about that every right. time you check yourself looking at your ex's social media go on a five-day silent meditation go retreat. move into a monastery <laughs> <laughs> you will be there forever now it'll get you over it real quick it'll be an extreme <laughs> detox yeah gosh. so yes along those lines social media detox is very helpful Either you can do that extreme measure of like totally getting rid of social media accounts. I know some people who don't have Facebook on their phone anymore, like the app, for example. If they want to get to it, then they have to go to the web browser, which just like adds that extra mm -hmm. more challenging step of going on there. Um, or you could take like a weekend detox, even a one day detox, uh, setting limits on your Facebook timer or, you know, Chrome or any of those other ways. Those are all very helpful. Yeah, and Facebook also, specifically, yeah. you have to dig for it in Facebook settings. At yeah, least. I've never um, seen that. I'm, I'm in surprised the, that that's In the thing. mobile app, yes, because I stumbled across it totally by accident. Um, oh. So you do have to dig for it that Facebook has a timer feature wow. where you can say, set a timer like for like limit me to 20 minutes of Facebook a day, essentially. And now... Wow. It could be more perfect because essentially what happens is that after you've been on Facebook for 20 minutes, it pops up, this big old window pops up and says, hey, you've been on Facebook for 20 minutes. It's very easy to just click away that window and keep going. So it's it's kind of relying on you to have the self-control, but it is still yeah. something. It, yeah. I did yeah. find that when I still had the Facebook app installed, it was still helpful to at least have something to just remind me like, it's and shaming like oh, you. gosh, <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes, my goodness. Or yeah. you can set it to whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So also get your thoughts and your feelings outside of yourself. I love this one. Yeah. Write it down. Talk to a therapist. Post in our patron group. Mm -hmm. Get permission to rant a friend's ear off. Whatever helps. Yeah. Just try to not internalize something so much because really getting it outside yourself, in my opinion, is very, very helpful. Just any time that I'm really trying to work through something 
I tend to like in my head be angry about something or be upset, but then once I get it out, it's like, huh, I don't I don't need to be upset about this anymore. I can I can move on. Yeah, I've had the experience of being really mad at someone. I actually had this experience with you, Dedeker, like a year and a half ago. Oh, I was, oh no. I was really mad at you about something. I don't even remember what it was. She put the dishwasher in uh, <laughs> the entire dish. We need a new go-to thing. No, it was something. I don't remember what it was, but I wrote down in my journal that night, I wrote a bunch. I wrote like several paragraphs because I wanted to remember so that when we talked about it later, I would remember all the things that I wanted to say to you that I was mad about and ended up then talking about it the next day and didn't really need to talk about those things and wasn't mad. And I actually looked at, it came up again, kind of like this random running into things in your social media a month or two ago. This is why this is on my mind is I, I ran you into jerk. this in my notes, like because uh. it, it was, in, I put it in a Google keep note. So it wasn't mm. like in my normal journal. Um, but it was there and I ran into it and I was like, what's this? And I looked at it again and kind of reading through it. I was like, that's silly. I was so mad about all that. But, <laughs> but if I had just let that all stay spinning around in my head, maybe I would have been more mad that next day. It, yeah. But it's a, getting it out there, even though my intention wasn't to get it out so that I wouldn't be angry. It was so that I would remember what I was angry about. So you wouldn't let me <laughs> get away with the world how, how justified you were in your anger. Right. Look at this. Right. That it yeah. still had the effect of getting it out of me and getting allowing me to get to sleep, which was also part of why I was doing it. But then also I wasn't as angry after that. Yeah. I mean, well, I still yeah, was that me. night, but the next day or two days later, I wasn't. <laughs> you were like, eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So finally, with all of this, fill the space between your ears. I like how you wrote that, Dedeker. That's pretty cute. Um, yeah, but just put good things, things that make you feel good into your head. Uh, help. The, those things may help you prevent sliding back into behaviors that make you feel bad. Mm. And it doesn't really like mean that you're just going to be positive all the time, obviously, and everyone's mental space and mental health is different. But if you can sort of do gratitude type things, um, even reading positive fiction, watching animal videos, and what is this favorite oh, thing of yours? Yeah, I found for me to prevent myself from going down the rabbit hole of watching super upsetting news all the time. Um, uh, and the uh, news has been... Not yeah. that upsetting to uh, me recently. Well, anyway, my go-to to kind of fill that space is Pingu videos, which is... Tell us a, about Pingu real quick. Oh, it's a children's show about a penguin. It's a claymation. <gasps> oh. And it's one of those is great the children's... One it's one of those great children's screaming? shows where there's no dialogue whatsoever. It's it's just noises. It's just like... You know, so it's super accessible and not very annoying. And there's hours and hours and hours long compilations on YouTube. So that tends to be my go-to. <laughs> I think that's a really good candidate for if you want to set up an extension to redirect away from your ex's social media, redirect to a Pingu, a Pingu video and just scrub Wait. through. Cause they're each, each episode is like two minutes, I three minutes or yeah. whatever. And they're all very positive and innocent and cute. Was it and the one who he didn't, he was cold and didn't want to get out of the bed. No, 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 no. That was a different. That was a different penguin video. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, penguin videos are a theme with that. I guess. Yeah, so. Like, jeez. Okay. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think something about that of this is a pretty good general piece of advice for helping to prevent you from slipping into addictive behaviors or obsessive behaviors or, or self-harming behaviors that if you can fill yourself with things that are positive or neutral, um, it can help. And we've talked about this a lot that, you know, uh, something that helps prevents just sliding into the kind of mindless social media scrawl is like learning something, doing mm-hmm. flashcards, reading a blog I'm super interested in. As simple as that, it doesn't have to be the whole sweetness and light of just be positive and manifest things. It's just literally something that's not negative and not encouraging you to slip back into that space. Yeah. Honestly, I think podcasts are really great too. I've oh, gotten yeah. really into podcasts this year in a way that I never have before, which is astounding considering I'm on to. But <laughs> yeah, I never really was into it. And now I'm like super into podcasts. I, I just drove to Tucson and back and that's an eight hour drive each way. That's and a lot of podcast to, episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing episodes of This American Life and The Daily and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. The Lawfare podcast. I was listening to law stuff. But it was fascinating, and it does help you to learn things, too, that you might not have known before, so it's fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of like the dieting thing, that you got to make sure that you're feeding yourself and you're not letting yourself starve, because that's when you're going to be more likely to turn to junk food and sugary things mm-hmm. and things that are not so good for you. I, I see it that way, that yeah, if you're keeping yourself occupied with more nutritive things, then you won't Is go that for that. a word? <laughs> It is now. You won't go for that super pokey emotional candy cane. Right. Like if you give yourself, I think specifically something for your mind to kind of chew on. Ruminate on. Yeah. Yeah. Ruminate on or chew on or however you want to think about it. As opposed to just something mindless, because then we'll end up looking for something to chew on. And maybe that's gossip or maybe that's something about our ex or something to compare ourselves to. And instead kind of give yourself a healthier snack for your brain to chew on. Totally. Speaking of gossip, though, Jace, you did prompt. You promised. I definitely us. did not promise. Would, I don't know about we promise, would talk but... about your ex. Well, we, uh, we yeah, might so... talk about some personal stories. Yeah. In yes. The bonus. Let's talk about some personal stories in the bonus episode. So, if you want to take part in that, then you can join our Patreon. So, we want to hear from all of you. Do you check your ex's social media? Have you found yourself obsessively checking or creeping on anyone's social media, whether it's your ex from 10 years ago or your metamor or your current partner, things like that? Uh, has it become a problem for you? Do you find that it's okay for you and it's, it doesn't become something that's a habit or that's addictive? Have you found certain ways to get yourself to stop? Uh, the best place to answer these questions and share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or in our Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowick and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.